0: This is a story I wrote about being a child in Wyoming. Um, It is really um, sort of an exaggeration of what it was like to be a child in Wyoming. Um, There's some violence in this story, so I want to say right up front that none of, well, well, none of the violent events in this story actually occurred. Um, But it is a scene that may have occurred um, at the time that I was growing up in Basin, Wyoming. The name of this story is A Critter in the Hen House. Get up, goddammit, something's in the hen house. My father's command pierces my sleep like a twenty-two caliber bullet and I snap fully awake. My dog, Boots, barks in the distance. I am tangled in sweat dampened sheets in the dank air of my stifling farmhouse bedroom. It is a hot summer night, August 16, 1975 to be exact, but the movie posters carefully tacked over the wallpaper are from years past. My mother and I used to watch these classics every summer afternoon, and her absence, I find a small measure of comfort in the beaming starlet's familiar faces. You're a 14-year-old boy, my father would grumble. Turn off that damn old movie and do something a 14-year-old boy does. But mom and I just turned up the volume and nestled deeper into the sofa. The digital clock clicks from 3.11 to 3.12 as Boots and my father continue to sound the alarm, a ruckus that now includes the frantic squawking of our laying hands. Get up, you dumb fuck, he yells. I'm gonna kick your ass if you make me miss this critter. I know better than to linger. My father has never been the kind of man to wait patiently, a trait that has worsened since mom died in the spring. He was just curmudgeonly before, and she could protect me. Now, he's downright mean and he and I are here alone. He kicks my ass first and asks questions later. I leap from my bed and grab a 12 gauge shotgun from the gun rack on my way out. I know what's up, this scene has played out before. Hens lay eggs, varmints eat eggs. They find a way to crawl in the hen house no matter what steps we take to deter the night visits. These clever creatures are inventive They climb over, dig under, or chew through any obstacle we construct. And once inside, neither egg nor hen is safe. I don't bother dressing for tonight's hunt. The thermometer hovers at 90 degrees and no one is going to see me in my jockeys. The nearest farmhouse sits a good mile over the hill. I hit the back door at a run, but my father is already halfway to the barnyard, perched on the rise behind the house. Seems he is always at least one step ahead. He wears nothing but his boxers and unlaced boots and he clutches a rifle. The angry sinew of his calves works as he strides uphill toward the outbuildings. He's nothing but bone and tendon, too damn mean for fat to stick. Hurry up, boy, did you get the flashlight? I turned back to retrieve the forgotten flashlight, but he stops me quick. I know I couldn't count on you. I grabbed it. Now get your ass up here, pronto. Like I always said, always a step ahead. We pause at the door to the coop to get organized. Inside, the hens flap and fly, screeching and cackling. There's quite a stir in there. He hands me the flashlight, instructs me to hold the beam steady on the beast as soon as I open the door. He whispers, but I hear the yell of his intention. Just keep the light on it, nothing else, so I can get a shot, he whispers, the sound scraping over his teeth. Do you think you can do that, boy, he continues, only it isn't a question. It's his assertion of the fact that I probably can't. I've lived with him my whole life and I've learned how to decipher his code. Just pay attention, he hisses, but I don't know why he whispers. Boots hasn't stopped yelping since this ordeal began and the hands themselves are causing quite a disturbance. The intruder has to be aware that the gig is up. My father braces for the assault, one leg to the front with bended knee, the other locked straight back for stability. His upper body leans forward and the rifle butt tucks snugly into his shoulder. He lays his right cheek against the wood and sights down the barrel pointed at the still closed door. He stands ready and except for the worn white boxers waving slightly in the tepid breeze, he might be a statue, the naked marksman, or the enemy army's general in one of the old war movies. I am contemplating his role when he commands me back to the task at hand. Go, he yells. Go where, I ask. My musings interrupted. I am unsure of what he expects. Jesus Christ, I mean, open the fucking door and shine the goddamn light. Oh, I say. I stand in the open night wearing nothing but my underwear with a flashlight at the end of one extended arm and a rifle tucked under the other. I imagine this is funny scene, and if I weren't part of the joke, I might laugh. Go now, he commands. I tentatively nudge the door open with one bare foot, not knowing what horror will greet me. Wolves? bandits, rabid weasels, I swallow my fear, which lodges as a burning sensation right below my navel and step into the chaos. The smell of chicken shit hits me first, followed by the frightening sound of a hundred panicked hens whirling uncontrollably around the coop. Dull thuds punctuate the repeating crescendos of their squawks as they smash into walls and nesting crates. They fly blindly in the dark from something they can't even see. Chickens aren't all that smart. I am watching the bright spotlight of the flashlight sweep across the space, searching for the culprit, when suddenly the light careens around the room drunkenly, as though the person holding it has fallen. Too late, I realize that I am the person holding the light, and I am falling. Boots, overcome with excitement, has rushed headlong into the coop, only to hit me square in the back of my knees, which buckled and tossed me face first to the muck of the chicken coop floor. I am definitely not laughing. From my floor-level vantage point, though, I can clearly see two things. First, the scene is littered with several dead hands, each with the top of her head neatly removed, as if by a skillful surgeon yielding a sharp scalpel. Whatever wreaks this havoc has been in a killing frenzy, overreacting to the easy picking of penned hens like a food addict might react if accidentally locked overnight in a bakery. Some of the fallen hens still flap and wiggle, their bodies not yet aware of the fact that they have been slaughtered. The other thing I see is a skunk exiting the hen house via the door I have just fallen through. Boots in hot pursuit. Jesus fucking Christ, I should have known you would screw it up. My father bellows as he lowers the rifle. Get up before it gets away. I extract myself from the goo and follow my father's ghostly figure into the narrow crevice between the chicken coop and the milking barn. Boots barks behind the hen house, and since she barks in place, we deduce that she has cornered the skunk. As we pick our way through the dark passageway, my father cussing in front and me limping along behind, trying to shake off as much chicken shit as I can, I realized that my shotgun aimed squarely at his back. Fucking dog could have held the light better, my father mumbles in the shadows ahead. Might have gotten that fucking skunk this time, but no, you had to screw it up. How's that chicken shit bath? He laughs, first time I've heard him laugh in months. My index finger slides along the polished surface of the wooden rifle stock to rest on the trigger. It longs to squeeze, and the next morning scene plays in my mind. I fell, and the gun went off. I see myself explaining to the sheriff as he stands over the remains of my father, the body nearly torn in half by the close-range shotgun blast. The chicken shit I smeared on him dries in the morning sun. What the hell are you giggling about? Get back here. Dog's got him holed up under the coop, my father says, interrupting my fantasy as he disappears around the backside of the building. My finger moves away from the trigger. The hen house sits on a slight grade, the front resting squarely on the hard packed soil of the barnyard, while the backside is elevated about six inches above. Boots says the skunk has taken refuge in this cave between the floorboards and the soil. She says so loudly and repeatedly. Boots does her doggy dance at the back of the chicken coop. Shut up, my father yells at the dog as he manhandles her away from the opening. He restrains her using the chain collar and orders me to lie on the ground and search under the building with the flashlight. Great, I am thinking. I'm in my underwear, covered in chicken shit, and now I get to lie on the dirt and come face to face with an angry and scared skunk. This does not bode well. What the hell are you waiting for, Christmas? I lean the shotgun against the building and lower myself to the ground. My knee gets scraped in the process, but I don't mind. It will be additional proof that I fell when the gun accidentally went off. Do you see the bitch? he asks. Only good skunk is a dead skunk. He said these same words last winter when another skunk had visited. Boots and I had both gotten sprayed and we were ostracized to the barn for our tomato juice bath, the country remedy for skunk spraying. My mother tried to tell him that leaving me out in the barn on a cold night Wet was cruel, but he was having no part of her coddling. They had a big fight about it that ended with her crying. Tomato juice works all right. Gets the stink out, but sure does sting the eyes. Particles of dust and bits of feather are suspended in the musty air beneath the flooring and they sparkle like tiny stars in the bright beam of the flashlight. It's a miniature alternate universe under the chicken coop, a galaxy far away from this depressing farm with its meanest farmer. I envy the skunk's ability to enter this world. As my eyes slowly grow accustomed to the play of bright light and deep shadow in the confined space, the form of the skunk emerges from the darkness. It huddles about six feet in front of me, tucked as far back in the narrow cave as it can get. It peers directly at me. Better to face the front end of a cornered skunk than the back end. It blinks as the light crosses its face and I can't help but notice its eyelashes. They are a succulent yet delicate frame for the creature's twinkling eyes and they wave as it winks, conspiratorially. It tests the scent of me, its black button nose twitching as it sniffs. I sniff back. It seems unafraid, as am I. Wonder fills the dusty distance between us as the skunk and I take measure of each other. And then it does something incredible. Flopping to its side, it exposes its belly as though begging me to notice the swollen, pink nipples that peek from a nest of black hair. She is a mother and tucked somewhere in a thicket beyond this encounter. She has a family. What do you see? My dad's caustic words shatter the wondrous spell and the magic of the moment falls to the ground in a million shards. Nothing. It's gone. Must have slipped out some other way. God damn you. Next time I say pay attention, pay fucking attention. I stand and we gather ourselves. My father leaves first, one step ahead as usual, carrying his rifle in one hand and rusting Boots toward the house with the other. Come on, bitch, he says. What the hell's wrong with you? Damn skunk got away, no fault of yours. But Boots knows that the skunk is still there. I can lie to him, but the dog knows better. She does as she is told, though. She knows his wrath. He glares at me. What that smirk off your face? He turns toward the house. My rifle once again aims directly at his back and my finger retraces its way to the trigger. I marvel at how easy it would be. One simple muscle contraction, one squeeze of one finger. I glance back to the barnyard just as a skunk emerges from her hiding spot. She waddles to the cover of reeds along a ditch bank like nothing at all has happened. The last I see of her is the plume of her tail disappearing into the weeds. It waves one last jaunty so long as she heads home to her babies. I wave back. I am left to follow my father. The bones of his rail-thin back form an elegant curve as he bends to congratulate Boots on her keen watchdog skills, and when he stands upright again, his boxers have bunched up between the flat loaves of his ass. His hands are busy with his rifle and the dog, so he balances on one foot and shakes his other leg to loosen them. As the fabric falls back into place, I sigh, and my own rifle points back toward the ground. I'm still a child, but I know enough to understand that life offers choices, and even without such dire action, my nights will someday be different. Tonight, though, I can only wait for him to fall back to sleep, and then I'll curl alone on the sofa and lose myself in the late, late feature on the all-night classic movie channel. This is, for now, my only choice.